It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. Sabrina Gayor is a self-taught cook, food writer, and host of the wildly popular Sabrina's Kitchen Supper Club in London. One of the most exciting voices in Middle Eastern cuisine today, she's also the best-selling and award-winning author of Persiana, Recipes from the Middle East and Beyond. Her work has been featured in numerous publications, including The Times, The Evening Standard, The Guardian, BBC Good Food Magazine, and more. And she's joining me today on Amy's The Table to talk about this really gorgeous new book, Sirocco, Fabulous Flavors from the Middle East. Welcome, Sabrina. Thank you so much. Well, what a lovely book. First of all, tell me about the title, Sirocco. Uh, so I chose Sirocco because it is the name of a Saharan wind that starts in the east and blows towards the west in the Mediterranean. It's a warm breeze. Um, and I, I chose it because it's very much like my flavors. They are Eastern perceived as Eastern ingredients, but I cook familiar, everyday Western style food, so salads, pies, burgers, that kind of thing. Um, but I, I, it very much to Western people, it will still feel very Middle Eastern, whereas to me it feels just food. You know? Right. Um, but it's just a little bit more spice here, lots of fresh flavors, and a lot less heavy than I think the classic Middle Eastern food. Well, that is a really lovely and evocative way to name the book and describe your cuisine all at once. I think that's beautiful. It also probably makes it very approachable. Yes, it is, because I am uh, a combination of the world's laziest cook, um, <laughs> probably uh, not not professionally, obviously, but when I'm in my element at home, you know, I like things that come about quickly and aren't fussy and don't involve technique or a high degree of skill or too much knowledge or time. Um, and I figure that those are things that we all have, you know, those little battles that we have at home when we're cooking because we've got kids or a family or a job or little time or not a lot of money. And, you know, you have to pull things together. And I just think, you know, by the time you call out for a takeout and by the time, you know, you rack up your bill, you know, 30, 40 bucks every time for a couple of people, it's just, can I do something with maybe a head of lettuce and a block of cheese? Yeah, I probably could. That would be taste a lot better and would be better for me. And it's just me taking some simple fresh produce and combining, you know, my store cupboard, my, my pantry ingredients in with it to create something really delicious. Well, I'm sure so, your, um, your readers and your, your uh, viewers really appreciate that because you just described real life. Well, it's interesting yeah. that your book, your book could, and, and of course your, your food in general draws on your Iranian heritage. And I'm wondering, you, you talked about the fact that east and the wind blowing over and you feel it's, it's uh, western. How does your family feel? How do those who taught you the heritage recipes feel about you giving them a modern spin? Well, you see, the wonderful thing is, is nobody taught me anything about food. Um, I am entirely self-taught, which actually, you know, at the beginning I was like, oh, that's not fair. I didn't learn anything. My mother didn't cook. My grandmother didn't cook. But actually what happened instead is it, it made me a very confident, very unafraid uh, very, you know, risk-taking, bold cook at home because I was never worried about what somebody said or if they told me if it was wrong or if it didn't taste right. I just did my own thing. 
And that has made me utterly unafraid of flavor combinations, of throwing things that I just like together, um, you know, to, to, to make something delicious. So, um, and also now, as much as my mother doesn't cook, she does love food and she's a real, you know, consummate food lover um, and very enthusiastic about it. But we do like to eat light. Um, not super, super light, but if you eat Middle Eastern food every day, I mean, it can be quite heavy. Not all of it, but a lot of it can be quite heavy. Certainly, Iran- Iranian food is very much sort of meats, um, you know, roasted meats like kebabs and mm-hmm. rice and stews and things like that. And I personally can't eat that every day. In fact, I would go as far to say I could never eat, let's say, pasta every day or potatoes every day. Any variation. Mm-hmm. And I need to know that if I had a heavy meal one one uh, weekend, let's say, you know, a classic great British roast, you know, roast beef, Yorkshire pudding, potatoes, you know, I know you guys love that about our food here. Um, but if you eat that, that's really heavy. <laughs> yeah. It's a real winter thing. So sometimes maybe I want the roast or the kebab, but maybe I want some fantastic salads with it instead of rice or potatoes or something heavy. Maybe I want uh, just, you know, a gorgeous lettuce salad or a great simple tomato salad you know instead so I'm more of that girl which is kind of fusing the maybe the core dishes of the Middle East but with the lightness and the seasonal ability and and, and ingredient use of kind of Western uh, cuisine so I I love that I, I can tread both lines as much as I like. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Sabrina Gayor about her beautiful new book, Sirocco, Fabulous Flavors from the Middle East. And it is packed with so many fresh and bright looking recipes. And tell me, if someone's interested in entering into to experimenting with Middle Eastern cuisine, what are some of the really essential spices to give it an authentic flavor? Um, it differs, really. It, it's kind of one of those questions that's impossible to answer because... I think the, the problem with the world is they broadly, and perhaps maybe this is politically charged, but when they think Middle East, they broadly think it's like one region, one, one country almost. Um, the, the, the simple truth is it's just like, it's, you know, a, a lot like it being lots and lots of totally different regions, countries, areas, completely different climates. So the food is different every step that you take in the Middle East. Iran is very subtle, very low use of spices, only really use saffron um, and a little pinch of cumin. Um, Whereas if you go to North Africa, it's really heavy, very spicy, but they have um, tagine dishes, but then they have more salads than most countries in the, you know, kind of the general Middle East rather than North Africa. And then, you know, it, it's just so, so different. But my particular basic staples are cinnamon, cumin, uh, and turmeric. I find that they get a lot done to me. And I use those same three in so many different guises and different dishes and different preparations that it, even though you're eat, having the same sort of three spices, you're having them in completely different um, preparations. So you don't really know that you might be eating the same exact spices in every single dish. Um, but I like that you can do that. I like that you can put a sprinkle of cinnamon on a salad with orange and it works 
stupidly well. I like that you can, you know, put cinnamon in an apple pie, and of course that's fantastic, but it's also fantastic in stews, it's also fantastic in baking, it's also fantastic in, you know, so many savory things. I have a cinnamon vinaigrette in my book, and, you know, my mom was mm. like, ugh, the first time she read that. I had written this recipe. She's like, oh, my God, cinnamon vinaigrette. And then I gave it to her. She's like, oh, my God, this is so good. Oh, it because, sounds you know, so good to con- me. Yeah, I, I'm a risk taker. and I, But I don't take risks for the sake of just coming up with something so chic. I just think, oh, that was good. That's what I wanted. And that so, is so uh, important, I think, when you mention that. Sometimes people try to put together things that are just over the top so that people will talk about it but not necessarily enjoy yeah. it. And it's yeah. important to remember the eater. The eater wants to love it. <laughs> exactly. And and also be able to reproduce it simply and not think about it again, you know. So um, I'm very much uh, led by my stomach. And if, if it doesn't pass my test, you'd never see it. So, you know, I have to make sure I'm 100% like, yeah, I love this. I want to pass this on. And it has to be simple. And it has to be, um, you know, not too time uh, consuming. So there's, you know, lots of things that I look for. And if I can take an ingredient away, I always will. You know, I'm looking at... Simplicity is is in the interest of people. Sure, I agree. You know, I'm looking at your radish dried fig and apple salad, and it is so spectacular looking. If you could place it in front of anyone, and I'm sure they would gasp. And yet I'm looking, it's really only got... Gosh, six, seven ingredients, and one of them is the greens. I mean, it's just, it's really a beautiful, yeah. beautiful salad. Well, I understand you have a little uh, story about our esteemed chef, Thomas Keller. Oh, yes, he's one of my idols. Oh, mine too. He is, uh, he's a fantastic chef, and uh, I remember I was, I was working in marketing, um, you know, in events before I became chef, and and in 2011, I was waiting for Thomas Keller to come and do a, a, a dinner, a collaboration with the Harrods, our department store here. Uh-huh. And um, I lost my job. I got laid off in the crisis. And I was like, oh, no. You know, and then they advertised it, him coming here. And they're like, it's 250 pounds. That's about probably like $375 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, oh, you know, I... If I was employed, I would take that risk. I would go because I just love him, but I can't afford that. And so um, a lot of people were saying, oh, it's a, very expensive. And I said, I know, I should probably do a dinner and, you know, charge £2.50 and call it French laundrette. How funny would that be? <laughs> and then somebody dared me I couldn't do it, which is foolish to dare a Capricorn that they can't do something. Like <laughs> <Italian> <laughs> Capricorn. <laughs> so, um, I did it. Um, and it ended up, it got so big, it just went viral overnight. It was in the newspapers. I was getting calls from all over the world. Thomas Keller sent me a really lovely letter and a, and a copy of his book and just saying that he thought it was a great idea. I was mortified. I thought he was going to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God, I hope I haven't upset him. I love him. I hope he's not mad. And of course, he was so lovely about it. But Oh, Sabrina, that's great. That's great. You know what I'm hearing that is your underlying sort of common thread is your bravery. (laughs) No. Bravery, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's wonderful. I also think the book Sirocco, Fabulous Flavors from the Middle East, is just beautiful, too. And Sabrina has shared a recipe with me that I'll put on amy-tobin.com for zucchini, saffron, and potato. I'm hoping I'm saying this right, Sabrina. Cuckoo. 
Yes, that's right. Oh, gorgeous. Well, we'll make sure to put that online. And a link, of course, to all of Sabrina's information as well. Sabrina Gaylord, thank you so much for joining us on Amy's Table. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Stick around for another helping from Amy's Table on Q102. Q! Q102. Q102. Q102.